Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to your weekly dose of Everton Therapy with me, Ian Crow. It is the Everton Fab Podcast. It is The View from Gala Street. It is the Royal Blue Channel. This week, I'm joined by Rob Astle and Gary Callahan, both making a return to the show after a short absence. How are you both? Good time, mate. You? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Plenty to get through this week. I'll give you a little rundown. So, in short, we want to talk about Palace, Pickford, Walcott, Europe, the winter break and Sadibi sock drama. All that's on the agenda and we'll also finish off with a brief and small assessment of how Carlo Angelotti has done since taking over at Everton in December. It just seems like a, a good time to do so with the winter break coming up and us not having a game for just under two weeks. Rob, I'll start with you first with it. Um, Palace win, another important win, now unbeaten in five, second in the form table. It's a good time to go on the podcast, isn't it? I know, yeah. Normally, I'm on when it's bad news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you yeah. can't rant. I know, yeah. Yeah, I've only got good things to say. No, it was. It was, you know, I thought, barring, what was it, 10, 15 minutes of the second half, I thought we deserved the win. Um, created chances throughout. Um, yeah, there's not really much more to say about it. I know it sounds, like, really short there, but, you know, scored three good goals, um, let ourselves down with the you know with the equaliser, um, but overall, you know we're grinding these results out at the minute, and it's great to see. You know, if we if that game's played two months ago, we probably don't win. Um, I mean, we were good for the yeah. win. Your opinion? I know we, we had a little bit of a scare, obviously, with the, the Benteke goal. We'll, we'll come to that and, and the pick for the mistake. But you know, usually heads would drop after a goal like that, and and Palace did have another chance following on from that. So it's for you know, was to, I wouldn't say bounce back, but to, to stay strong. And it's, it's kind of, it's one of the, the tangible things what I've noticed so far about Ancelotti and the way his teams are setting up and the way his team's playing at the minute. We'll go, we'll get on to him obviously a bit later on. Uh, but it, the mentality of them just seems to have changed a little bit. Like you go back to last week at Wofford, you know, we went 2-0 down, got put, Claw the back to 2-2, two, two, get yourself back in the game, get yourself give it with a fighting chance, go down to 10 men and then still go on to win the game. You know, and that's one thing I've noticed. He's, he's grinding these wins out and he's making them play. You know, he's getting the, he's, he's getting the best out of what he's got. Um, and Saturday against Palace was, was just the same, you know, after, after Pickford's mistake, I think they had one chance, I think, where they hit the bar of a corner was or something like that. Um, and then we go up to the other end and score an absolute worldie. And after that, Probably relatively in control again, weren't we? You know, you know, they calmed down and, you know, we saw the game out and won it 3-1 comfortably in the end, I thought. I mean, Gary wasn't the, the best performance that I've seen us play under Angelotti. It was a little bit scrappy, to be honest, I thought. But you've got to be happy with the 3-1 win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I sat here after the Newcastle game and said that we could take the positives after that. And, and you know, I think we've won both games since. So 
I think the players and the, the manager have taken the positives out as well and, and they've pushed on and they've got a good result. And like I think the chances Palace had, they weren't through their own making really. I think it's just like balls lumped into the box and I know Mina made a mistake then when he tried to clear one and even Van Arnold in, in the post, it wasn't like a, a you know, a guilt-head cutters yeah. open chance, was it? It was a bit of bobbling in the box and stuff. So yeah, I, I, yeah it was a, it was a solid performance and like Rob said, we scored well at least two really good goals. Um, and you know, Calvert Lewin showing a bit of striker's instinct there and, and getting the third. Um, so yeah, you, you can't complain at all. The games, like Rob just said again, I agree with everything he said. Really, um, when that Benteke goal goes in, I think under Silva, we here we go again. Type of thing, isn't it? But the, the mentality is definitely better now. I think we believe in what we're doing and we believe that we can. We're never out of the game. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I mean the goal. Following on from the Crystal Palace equaliser, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Because we were under a little bit of under the cosh a little bit, so it wasn't all down to Richardson, but he kind of made it himself, didn't he? Yeah, is he pro- proving the difference maker at the minute? Yeah, he, he's showing his quality, and he's showing why you know maybe Barcelona bid eighty five million pounds for him in, in January. He's, I mean, he's probably the one good thing Marco Silva did when he when he was in charge was <laughs> sign him, and you know he, he's showing how good he is now and our, our quality showed it in what was probably a bit of a dull game really um I, we were we were the better team we've got the better players and and we we won so i've said i've said it before and i'll stand by it richarlison is the new tim kale for us not in terms obviously style of play but he's that player who just out of nowhere does a goal and you're back in a game or you're back ahead and that's exactly what it was on 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 saturday but not enough not enough's been talked about carver loon's flick on for the Charleston yeah, there as well. Yeah, that from the a, goal. That was a glorious head of that into into the Charleston's path. And then there's only going to be one winner between Gary Cale and and, and the Charleston, isn't there? I said see, I, I said to the fellow next to me, he's against Gary Cale here. He's got to, he's got to get past him. And the next thing it's in the bottom corner. It's a good goal, but if that was the other way around, I'd be disappointed if that was our defence and that was a striker yeah, running yeah. in on goal. Two players around him. Needs, they need to at least put a challenge in. It's a great goal, don't get me wrong. Felt he probably had a bit too much space. Do you think maybe they to give him too much respect because of you know how good he's been lately, and you know I think he's in and is is, is extra hard now maybe because of his, his reputation going before him maybe. Absolutely, I Absolutely. think I think what we, one telling thing about Saturday was was two players there, Richarlison for Everton and Wolf Sahar for Palace. Zaha needs to take a leaf out of Richarlison's book if he wants to be considered. For a big, big move. Did set up Benteke's goal? Through our mistake. But still, assist and assist. But he spent more time, even before the game, he was moaning that he gets no protection. He gets mm. no. Richarlison gets lumps kicked out of him week in, week out. You don't hear him moaning. He just gets on with it and goes and puts the ball and wins the game for you. Zaha was like gesturing to, the, to our, our crowd. Did you see that? I did about this. I've not seen it, but I. It was the family enclosure. Yeah. And then obviously in the second half. I've got no idea what he was saying. There's been, I have, there's, even on the highlights, I haven't seen anything, but mm. I think we were, we think we were like winding him up a little bit, getting on his back and he, he definitely gestured something towards oh, the crowd. I don't know, don't know what it was, but, um, it's the difference. I keep talking about differences here, but you mentioned the flick on from Dominic Carvert-Lewin. Do you think the overall riding difference is the fact that we're playing 4-4-2 or at least two up front? Not even two up front. I just think, I think the, you know, the methodology for Carlo Ancelotti is get players forward as quick as you can, mm. swarm the box. And 
I think for the Charlesons, I think he had Calvert Lewin coming in one side, didn't he? And I think on the other side he had Sadibi, you know, burst bursting in. So I think it's not necessarily two up top, but I think it's when you've got the ball, get forward as quick as you can and rush rush the play, rush the defence. Mm. Um but formation probably does play a part in it, yeah, definitely. I mean Gary got um Marco Silva persisted, didn't he, with the same formation time and time again. You know, it could be deemed as three up front, it could always be deemed as one up front, but we, we seem to look a lot more of a threat now with whether it's four four two attacking or, you know, defensive, but we've definitely got, you know, the core two wingers as well as Dominic Calvert Lewin and Richarlison. No, definitely. I, I think that the the four four two it it definitely obviously that it's helped Dominic Calvert Lewin. He scored six goals in eight games now. Um, I think playing up front with someone else helps him. Playing up front with someone else helps Richarlison. And that partnership never would have developed the way it is if we, we were still playing the formation Marco Silva plays. Um, I get where Rob's coming from. We do get a lot more people in the box now, but I think playing four four two has helped us massively. And it, It's back to basics, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say yeah. the basics, the second balls from the Dominic Carvert-Lewin headers, which he wins more often yeah. than not. Like you said, they a flick on and Richarlison's away. If it's just Dominic Carvalhoven up front by himself, it's to no one. It's probably to no one, isn't it? We we would mm. never. I don't think we'd have been in that position under Marco Silva because we wouldn't have got the ball forward so quickly. It mm. wouldn't have been. Oh, let's let's knock it up for Carvalhoven to to win it. Edit. It'd have been get it down, give it to Schneider, and Schneider will give it to blah blah. Do you know what I mean? And what, I think I, I've I've been on before and I've said you can see a style of play, but I think we adapt our style of play to who we're playing and the situation that we're in, and we can hit teams on the break, but we can also play decent football as well. Like against Newcastle, I thought. You know, we control the game and more so against Palace because we know they were going to try and hit us on the break. We've sort of reversed the roles and we've hit them on the break instead. We said, I said this last week, we look a lot more dangerous when we play counter attack on football. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, through actually trying to play counter attack on football or we just end up, you know, bringing it out from defence into attack very quickly. The current crop of players that we've got. Play can play it. that way. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got Bernard who's got his little free role, basically, hasn't he? You? You, you can just dictate what what's going on. You got Sadibi who's lightning quick. You got Walcott who's lightning quick. You only got the goal at Watford the other week. Where that come from? You had um, Moise Keane steaming through the middle, Phil Walcott coming through the right hand side, mm-hmm. and then Charleston creating it, doing all the hard work. And pace terrifies teams. City do it. Liverpool do it. Look, everyone hates playing against them. Arsenal used to do it to a point don't do it so much anymore but you know if you've got speed in your team and you can use it to your advantage you're onto a winner and he, there's options off the bench there as well you could probably feel the second team would stick a Wobie and Keane up there couldn't he or a Wobie out wide and you've still got the pace just to threaten all the time and you've got two, you've got two quick fullbacks as well I think it's just as well as the fact that our defence at the moment other than probably Holgate we haven't really got that many good defenders you can bring it out Mean is still a bit dodgy I think and Keane can't do it Holgate looks good and classy on the ball but he's the only one I'd say, you'd say he can take the ball from Pickford and looks calm and, and you know yeah. playing it out to a central midfielder or to a winger it gives him more options doesn't it when you're playing when you're playing your 4-4-2 because like <clears> you said you, you can go to your winger or you can go to, to your one of your two central midfielders Um but I think it's just more solid as well. Like I know we've conceded chances, and and you know I, I mean I can't say for sure. I mean clean sheets we get under that but we do look more solid. Um, it's just I know people say that it's it's four four two. It's outdated, and 
you know, no one plays anymore, but it works mm. and it works for our players. And I think that was one of my sort of like gripes with, with Marco Silva was he was playing his players in the wrong formation or asking them to do the wrong thing. And, you know, fair enough, that's down to the players as well. He should do the job that they're asked, but I just don't think he was using them properly. And, and Ancelotti, he is, he's, he's playing to each individual player's strengths, do you know what I mean? Ancelotti knows at the minute that this squad's limited in what it can do. Oh, yeah. He knows that from... Well, and, sorry to interrupt, but Rob said that under Marco Silva countless times, and Marco Silva didn't try and do anything different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, Marco Silva, uh, sorry, Carlo Ancelotti knows the limitations of this squad. He, he's had, you know, a month and a half to, to have a proper, proper look at them now, and he's not deviating too much from the plan because there's... I think what he's trying, he's just getting points on the board at the minute with like a little bit of tangible, tangible evidence that there's a style of play in there. And we know what that style of play is. It's, it's you know, use your wide men as best you can. Use your, get your full back forward with them as well. Have your two central midfielders protecting all a lot of them and let Calvert-Lewin and um, Richarlison run riot. But he's... When he gets his own players in, I think you'll start to see even more improvements and and even, you know, maybe not necessarily, you saying there, we're, we're good on the counter. Let's get good making goals from other places on the pitch, not just letting teams, like, not to show, soaking up pressure. Because you can't do that against certain teams. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, because they just sit back and it's impossible to counter-attack. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it it's finding, it's just getting points on the board and being pragmatic in games to get them win, to get them wins, changing it around, like little tweaks. Oh, there's just little tweaks during the game. It's like on, on Saturday, he he brought on Tom Davis, stuck a Charles not wide, and that Calvert-Lewin up top by himself because Palace were winning a midfield battle. Uh, Sigurdsson and Schneiderlin, who to be fair, had good games, I thought. They were tiring a little bit mm. and they're not the kind of players who, like, they're not battlers, are they? They're just, they're just there to pick the ball up and get, get rid of it as quick as possible. So we brought on Tom Davis to sign to both the midfield to give them a bit more protection. And in the end, I think he brought Holgate on, didn't he, as well, to go to go yeah. to go there. You know, to, to make sure that they weren't winning that midfield battle. It's winning that midfield battle. So it's it's starting with a four four two and using the squad's abilities to just grind out results at the minute. And that's fair enough. And it's it's reaping the we're reaping the rewards. Plenty of positives obviously to come out from the game as we talked about, but a couple of negatives. See Theo Walcott, slightly unlucky, scores a goal last week, gets an assist, a really good assist, by the way, this this week, and then goes off probably two or three minutes later. How unlucky is that? Yeah, I think that's probably been the story of his career, really. And he's shown moments of, oh, had good seasons, and then he broke his leg or pulled his hamstring or whatever. And I know he's missed World Cup through it as well, but I... A lot of people are going to disagree with me, and I know Rob probably on them, but I think he gets a bit of a hard rap on here, Theo Walcott, um, especially lately. I think the games I've seen him in lately, I think he, he's improved. Um, yeah. You know, I think his, his his effort was probably never in question, but I think his end product's probably a little bit better now. And um, you know, he, I know he's only got one assist and one goal, but I've seen him put some decent crosses in in the last few games, and no one's got an end of them. And the amount of times he's got, he's got him. Um, like in behind the defence or, or whatever, and, and he, he put a ball in that no one's got on the end of. It's not always his fault that they, that they don't get on the end of them. Um, so, but yeah, he, I mean, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but like I Do said, you know it's, the injury was. Well, I was going to come on to that. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, and I was going to say if it's going if it's long term, is it going to be a blow? Because it didn't seem like it was a 
it wasn't off a challenge, was he? No, quite enough. From what I re- from, from what I remember, he, he just seemed well. he just seemed to he just seemed to go down and yeah, yeah. and then because I remember the physio stayed at the side of the pitch and I said to the fellow next man, he's not staying on here. He said, well, they, they're giving him a few minutes. Well, to, he carried on, didn't he, and then went back down again. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he was a bit of a yeah. wally and inexperienced. I thought Crystal Palace had the ball yeah, they did, on the halfway yeah. line, and he's still on the pitch, and he just goes down. The referee's not going to stop the game. No, it's you know, mm. if you're not at that time, if you're not in severe pain, at least try to carry on because he was right by the ball player. I can't remember who it was, and like luckily Crystal Palace didn't score from it. But just that's a bit that's a bit naive that. And then he ended up going off. Going off, yeah. But yeah, it just seemed really innocuous. And But I knew he wasn't going to stay on. I thought they sort of, they'll give him a few minutes here just to see if he can run this off. Because the physio stayed at the side of the pitch, watching him up and down. And and then obviously he goes off. But it's, it's a shame for him. You know, he scores the winner last week and sets, puts a great ball in for Bernard, which was a, a, a fantastic finish as well. Yeah. Um, starting to see a little bit more in product from Bernard now do you think from uh, yeah, I mean, being his biggest critic I think yeah. he's a great player he's but same as Walcott he? he has a good run and then off two or three games and then gets injured again and well he went off injured on Saturday yeah. as well he went off didn't he was that classed as an injury maybe he was coming off at the time but he went off he certainly went off he was limping actually wasn't limp, he limping I think he was coming off before then yeah. Angelotti loves that sub Davis yeah, for the, does, yeah, yeah. But this time he done it right. He put Tom Davis central and put the Charles yeah, not wide. Rather than Davis it, on the left. Davis on the left, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Walcott, you know, it's a shame. Let's just hope this two-week break is, you know, we, have, you know, we can get, get them all back fit and healthy for the Arsenal game. I think it is a blow in the fact that we probably haven't got a direct replacement for him. Mm. I think if we had someone else who could just come in, it wouldn't be so much of a miss. But I know a Wobie could probably play out wide, but... I don't think he's, he's as, I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think he's as quick as Walcott and I don't think he sort of play the same role as Walcott. Um, so well, I, he I likes say, the DB, doesn't he, on that side yeah. as well? Like Coleman as a right back and Sadibi. Yeah, DB. I suppose that would work, yeah. I mean, that gives us a bit more stability. I think playing Sadibi there against Sahar sort of helped. I think Sahar went onto the other wing, didn't he, at, mm. at one point. Um, but yeah, I would say it's a blow in the fact that we haven't got a direct replacement. But like you say, playing Sadibi there, I don't think we'll miss him too much. Moving on then to the main talking points other than the victory obviously from the game it's like negative do we need to have a serious conversation about Jordan Pickford or more importantly does Carlo Angelotti need to have a serious conversation about Jordan Pickford I, I, or am I just being over the top I'm too harsh well it was the best and worst of Pickford wasn't it on Saturday because he makes that mistake which costs costs us a goal and then 30 seconds after we score the, the Charleston's goal, he makes an absolute worldly save. And it's it is the, a worldly. It's, a be, it's the best and worst of him. But what annoyed me, I kind of lost it on him on, on Saturday because after they'd scored that goal, because about two minutes before that, he played that stupid pass where he always plays, where he tries to chip it out, out wide and it goes left, out of play and it puts it under pressure. It proper winds me up that. And it's like, but he, the way he angles his body, is like he's some sort of like... I don't know what you. I don't know what he's saying. What he's saying, like he's probably like aimed it. It's like you haven't made. It's gone out of play for a throwing, and and I thought, all right. At the end of the game, he turned his turned his turned to us and apologised for what he'd done and blah blah. You could see he was really frustrated with himself. But what really annoyed me was what he said after the game. Was that you know they always pick on England players? It's like no, hang on a minute, mate. Don't be saying that. You've just made a mistake there. It's not like you've, 
you've had a worldly game and the people are trying to pick you apart. You haven't. You've made, you've dropped the clangor. Mm. So just shut up, keep your head screwed on and use your ability that you know you've got. Stop losing your head. Mm. Stop thinking. Like, all, all goalkeepers have got to screw loose, haven't they? That like the, I think you've got to be warped to be a keeper. Cause you, but he just seems to, his head just seems to go all the time. He gets really frustrated with himself. Is that a Gary? Is that, is it mentality in his head? I Psychologically? Think- Cause he's clearly got the ability constant. I mean, concentration wise. And then, you know, coming out after the game and having a little moan at critics for being critical. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll probably come with age. I mean, he's still only young, especially for a goalkeeper, isn't he? I think, you know, goalkeepers at a young age, they're normally the good at, I mean, this is going to sound stupid after I'm letting that goal in, but they're normally good at shot stopping. It's normally the decisions that, mm. that lets them down and, and that comes with experience. I don't think you're ever going to take the, the like, you know, the way he plays with his feet. I don't think you're ever going to take that away from him because I think that's what made him stand out in the first place um, and that's what got him his place in the England team. Um, but, you know, it was a bad mistake. Um, he did redeem himself with the, with the save, but like Rob said, I think he should have just kept his head down after that and sort of like you Accepted know it. yeah don't yeah. like if people are going to knock him for it then fair enough he, he can say to himself well you know I, I made that that game got saved was probably the catalyst of, of us winning the game really wanted because if it goes to 2-2 mm. it's like one of know. the one of the well, I think one of his biggest problems is ever since he's been here he's had no competition he's had no worthwhile competition you know we brought Martin Stecklenberg he must be about 90 now like you know he, he He's getting nowhere near the team. Like he, do, he doesn't even get played in cup games anymore. Because mm. we're not in the cup. And, yeah, and then you, <laughs> and then you had Jonas Lossel, who was the, the most bizarre transfer ever now because he's just left. What would you do then, though? Because and then, we're not going to go out and spend another thirty million pound on another keeper, are we? And then do we get an understudy? Well, some of the understudies that we've bought in are just terrible. So it's it's a tough one. So unless you're actually going to go out and actually say right. I'm getting a new number one, which if he carries on the way he's going, could quite feasibly happen. But it, but is that what you've got to do? Is that where, is that where you've got to say, well, listen, Jordan, we're going out here for another keeper. He's got a good chance of playing, mate, if you don't get your act together. Mm. And then, and do it that way, you know. I, I just think it's, he's got the ability. It, it is all in his well, head. In his I, head, I yeah. said that last time I was on about him not having any competition. I think the, the the other lad who was on with me did as well. Um, ben? Yeah. Or, or it might have been Connor actually. But yeah, I don't think he has got any competition. And maybe that does, you know, he thinks, well, it doesn't matter. No, I'm going to get in the team next week anyway. Because if, if, you, if you look at it from an, another angle, his England career, he has got competition. He does well for England. Mm. Plays well. He doesn't, he, you don't see him lose, lose his head for, for England. He's got... Um, Henderson now, hasn't he, at uh, Sheffield United, who's got more clean sheets than anyone this season. And, you know, we, if you give him competition, are you going to start to see the better, better, you know, with better club form? Because what was it up, up until Palace, he, when Palace equalised, he conceded his last five shots on target, hadn't he, or something like that, or something, right. something along that I was reading before. That's pretty poor, isn't it, for a, for any goalkeeper? That's it is, but it depends on what the shots were, really, doesn't it? And I don't know, like, what well, I'll tell you what, mate. Were. That one on Saturday, that that one on Saturday wasn't it? Wasn't a good one to concede, was no, it? You no, know, and no, that's suppose you're right. But I like, thought I felt I felt he probably could have done better for Watford's opener. It was tame. Yeah. The Newcastle goal shot stopping's always been his strong point. His strong, I know, I know. And but this is it. His head just 
But take take away the the mistake as well as the actual redeeming of himself at that other save. I thought there were times um, during the game where he was causing issues when he was trying to play the ball out from the back. He was just causing absolute panic. The, yeah, with his short passes, where you need to know as a goalkeeper when to play it short and when to hit it long. Mm. And I think he struggles with that. If Mina's telling him to pass it short and Pickford thinks no, I know there's things that he. Whether he's not strong enough to to yeah. go with what he's thinking, I, I I don't know, but it's 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 certainly becoming an issue. Yeah, the panic it is. sets in, mm, and but but it, it goes down to then, you know, how much is Carlo Ancelotti telling him to play off from the back? Is it see what happens, Jordan? You know, you judge it, and then we'll go from there, or is it play off from the back all the time, unless it's absolute desperation where you need to lump it. You know, what, what are the instructions there? But I don't want, I don't think you should get to that point where it's absolute desperation though. Because yeah. I've had this conversation plenty of times with Blues where if we play it out short and we can't get out from the back, we end up passing it about a bit and then it ends up going back to Pickford who then inevitably just hits it long. We are then not set up for a long ball. So we, you know, we probably lose, we might win the header, but we'll lose the second ball because most of our players are set up to play off from the back. Mm. So it's kind of a vicious circle. That's what I mean about making the right decision, whether you set your team up from a goal kick to pass it out from the back or you're hitting it long. And that's just one example of where he's, he's failing back, like, or it's having a detrimental effect on his game and the team. For, for me, the big, one of the biggest, the bugbears, as I've mentioned, that it's that stupid little chip out to the, out to, out to the fullbacks, which never works. Mm. And he's, you see a lot of teams he, doing that, though, don't you? That that's sort of like a thing that the teams do. I think I don't I don't know why they do it because mm-hmm. to me, like Rob said, it always seems to end up with the fullback trying to chest it down or add it back into play, and, and then their winger closes them down. But it just seems to be the dumb thing nowadays. I think when you've got a, a, a you know a goalkeeper like Pickford, who's long long passing, I'll say that in inverted commas, is good. Why not use it? Why? Because we know we've said it before that our defenders aren't comfortable on the ball. So mm-hmm. I think. Do you know, Calvert-Lewin's good in here, just more often than not, go long and, and pick up the, the second ball, you know what I mean? Put, put it this way, right? Part of me is getting to the point now where if we've got to sell a player in the summer, I'd have no issues with it being Jordan Pickford. Where I is he going to go, though? He's not going to go into like the top six. I don't think any of them will touch him. I don't know, you know, that, that Kepa hasn't, isn't setting Chelsea on fire, is he? You know, um, the guy is probably past his best as well at United. They'll throw money at anyone these days. <laughs> Do you think they'll spend like 30, 40, 50 million on Jordan Pickford? Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I yeah. Don't, I don't think we'll sell him. I don't think I don't think we will sell him, but if if, if a big came in, I'd probably I, I have no prob- issues in yeah, entertaining. I, I wouldn't it. be like, oh no, yeah, we're you know, yeah, you wouldn't sell him. You would, I don't think any ever ever fan would be like, oh I'm gutted. No, and like I mean, it's not like you know, I don't think we'd we'd miss him that much. I don't think he's he's like an outstanding goalkeeper, whereas, you know, he he, he wins us more more points than, than he loses us. Like, he's, to me, he's just, you it's know, he's just, just a goalkeeper, yeah. yeah. It's like, we can get another one. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not saying Stichelenberg or, or Lossel or is as good as him, but I don't think it would matter that much if he, if he dropped Pickford for a, for, a, for a couple of games and yeah, stuck yeah. one of them in. I don't think that's going to make that much difference. In saying that, would... Lossell have made the save pick for the I don't know. It's the, it's it's the England number one case as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know these every England number one, they're under more scrutiny than most, aren't they? At the end of the day. And 
I don't think that that helps matters, but don't, I don't think we're far off having that conversation that if this I mean, if this carries on. Every goalkeeper's got a mistake in the manly, but he just seems to make is a highlighted more that seems to be yeah, highlighted more than anything. Because he is England's number one. That's that that's yeah. what it is. If he wasn't England's number one, obviously people would be, you know, critical of the mistakes that he makes, but they'll probably be also, oh, you know, but he pulled off a, a fantastic save to you know to I redeem mean, himself. You could focus on that, you know, the fact that, you know, he, he did make that 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 save afterwards. And like I said, every goalkeeper makes mistakes. It's just that there's a highlight more because he normally end up in a goal, don't he? <laughs> I mean, I sat here after the Newcastle game and defended him and, and said, you know, I don't think he's made any real massive errors apart from the, the one in the derby and then you know two weeks later he goes and does that on me so mm. I don't know at the minute I don't think it's that desperate that, that we need to start talking about selling them um, but if, if he carries on making errors like that that are gonna you know I mean most of the time they are gonna cost us goals but if he carries on making you know bad bad mistakes like that then yeah maybe we do have to think about replacing him or at least think about giving him some more competition. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that he's definitely got, you know, Premier League quality. Oh God, yeah, yeah, without doubt, yeah. I think, you know, he's been criticised um, by a couple of pundits, hasn't he? And I think he's, from what I've read, you know, took a bit of aim at Gary Neville because he was highly critical of him. But he's also, I was just looking at some of his quotes here and it's like, as a person, I don't let it affect me. Well, you quite do. clearly it you is affecting mean, you yeah, because you wouldn't be coming you. out, yeah. would you? You wouldn't be coming out saying this. You know, we haven't lost the game. It didn't cost us that much. So, you know, and then you've made a really good save afterwards. Just move on from the mistake. We've took all three points. He's probably gone sp- somewhere, spoke to the media somewhere and someone's asked him a question mm. and, you know, he's answered it. But just probably don't speak to the media then. Yeah. No one's yeah, forcing just, you to speak to the media, really, especially after a mistake. It'd be different if Everton had won 4 5 nil mm. and he pulled off a worldly off like that. And, yeah. You know, Jordan, you know, a couple of words, yeah. What a, what Even if game. he just accepts the fact that, you know, I mean, I know Rob said he sort of apologised to the fans, but he's got to accept the fact that he did make a mistake that, you know, Premier League goalkeepers shouldn't be making. And, you know, he's got to come out and just hold his hands up, really, and say, you know, I don't, I made I made a mistake. It was my fault, you know what I mean? And don't try and sort of, like, paper over the cracks, if you like, by sort of being spiteful back, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, Everton fans are too smart for all that, aren't they? They'll, they'll see right through it. Yeah. We you don't know. mind you making mistakes as long as, long as we know you're, you're giving it your best, do you know what I mean? So do you remember when, when Tim Howard made a load of mistakes and then he caught a ball and he gave one, he, he gave it back to the crowds like, listen mate, you're the one who's making mistakes here, not us, kind of thing. It's like, but did we cheer him or something? Something like that, yeah, we, you know, we see right through it. But then you look on the other hand, I always remember Sylvan Distan in the semi-final against Liverpool in 2012. Elders hands up straight away that he'd made a cataclysmic error. On the pitch? On the pitch. In thousands. And come, and book, literally went round the entire Everton end and said sorry. But he never, that was it. That was it. It was done after that. There was no, you know, there, there was no like, witch, witch hunts or anything like that. He, yeah. He'd made a mistake and he got on with it. He just got Everton on fans it. accepted it despite it being... That where it was horrendous yeah, day. yeah because he just got on with his job after that kind of thing you know what I mean instead of just giving it all like like Pickford did like just just get on with your job mm. do it better okay well we won't we won't rip Pickford yeah. too much because we did win the game so we want to be we want to be positive but move on to your thoughts on the winter break the view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo 
The View from the Gladys Street podcast. A lot of foreign managers who've come in, a lot of English managers who've come on into the Premier League have, uh, you know, asked for this winter break for years. You know, the likes of Klopp, Guardiola and Cole, like, they've been desperate for it. Finally got the winter break, which is, well, Everton are in the midst of it now, fully, full on winter break. Next game's not till Arsenal, away, 23rd of February. Gary, does, does this break now? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on the winter break itself? I think it's a good idea, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, everyone else does it, don't they? And, you know, it, it seems to help their players and it helps their national teams as well, I think. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying Andre Gomez is going to play against Arsenal, but there will be no chance of him being fit if for our next game, even on the bench, mm. if we didn't have a winter break. And we have. And like we said before, Walcott's took a knock, Bernard's took a knock. If the, the, the break wasn't there, they... they they might not be fit anyway, but they definitely wouldn't be fit for our next game. So, you know, it's helped us and I think it's gonna it's gonna help everyone else with the you know, their injuries and, and the players do need I know I know they're on a lot of money, but they do need a break and I think I think it'll help us to be honest. I am I'm, I'm quite in favour of it to be fair. I mean a lot of pros and cons, as Gary's just said there, you know, we have got a two week break now, so players who are injured or have niggles could well be fit for the Arsenal game. But we're five games unbeaten now in a row in the Premier League. Two games won in a row. Obviously the Waffle game last minute goal and now that, you know, professional win over Crystal Palace. Does it kill momentum a little bit? Do you it, think? It could do, yeah. Obviously time is only yeah, gonna tell, isn't it? Yeah, time will tell, won't it? But for me the for the for the winter break, I agree with it, but it's just why are we doing it in February? Yeah. Do it do it either after the Christmas fixtures or follow the rest of Europe. And when do they have theirs? They stop like they have a fixture just before Christmas, don't they? And then they come back in the January. And just yeah, they have like a month, don't they? Do it then. Yeah, we obviously have to be sure. There's more games. Isn't there? like, we talked about this before, though. But they're never going to not play football over Christmas. No, Boxing Day. Just imagine New not Year's having Christmas Day. ruin though. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the TV probably dictates the yeah. fact that, yeah. that they can. Or have it, or play your Boxing Day fixture, or play your New Year's Day fixture and have it then. But then you'd have to re- probably think about reformatting the FA Cup then, wouldn't you? But I think they've certainly made the, the right decision in terms of, you know, half the Premier League has the break one week, yeah. but some played and half the Premier League has the break the other week. I think that's kind of worked, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even know how it worked until not so not long ago, to be honest, but I think... I thought it was everyone. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't know that we, mm-hmm. we had the, the, the Palace game and then, and then our break and other teams have got no game and then, do you know what I mean? Mm. But I think it's a good idea. I mean, I can see where you're coming from in that. Yeah, it might kill some momentum. Um, but you know, if we if we'd have just lost three games in a row, and we'd probably be thankful for the break, wouldn't we? So yeah, it's just timing, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, who do ask? Arsenal obviously had their break the weekend just gone now, so they play Newcastle at home on Sunday, and then they play us. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they play. They've got three games in a week. They play Olympiacos on the twentieth. In the Europa oh, League. Right. So that's why we're the Sunday game because of the Europa League. Well, so, oh, yeah, that. Obviously, the fact that we're on the telly. So they'll, although having a break for them now, they've got three games in the space of. So you'd like to think. Eight days, seven, eight days. You'd like to think that plays to our advantage. We'll be, we should be fresh as. And they're away as well. Yeah. Travelling to Greece. They've got to travel yeah, to Greece. You know, we should be fresh there. And then they've got to play. The, and the second leg is. So it's four, it's four games in the space of like 12 days, something like that. And in all fairness, with the way their league form is going, you can still get Champions League, can't you? For 
winning the Europa League, surely Arteta must be looking at that and literally like all the eggs in one basket. Yeah, then I don't think they're going to get top four, are they really? It's going to be the Europa League going on for them, I think. Mm. So he would be looking at our game thinking, I'm not saying he's going to play a, a totally weakened team, but he would probably, you would just expect him to play his strongest team in both games for the Olympiacos. There'd be a bit of rotation as well, definitely, yeah. You know, but we'll see. It's interesting that. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even think about that, to be honest. But so it's not just how it affects us, it's, it's how it affects I mean, this, this year I might have worked on half even next year, you know, if we're in Europe then it might not work so much in our favour and we'll mm. be sitting here going, what have you got to win to break for? Yeah. Exactly, it's intriguing. Definitely is intriguing. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Last points, well, second to last point, should I say, because I do want to talk about um, what Carlo Angelotti's done so far, which we have touched upon, but I just thought the fact that we're going into a break, I just thought it'd be a good idea to, to round up from you know the moment Marco Silva was sacked to Carlo Angelotti coming in and... Uh, doing his magic so far but I just want to talk about one uh, one bizarre moment from the game on um, Saturday Sidibe Sockgate what brain dead, was Sidibe how did you forget to put your sock on <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, be yeah. honest with you at the time I didn't have a clue it was only after what was going on yeah when I saw it back but did you see Angelotti's face like he was just he, he threw his arms up in the air when he had to run down the tunnel and was I, like I thought he was going to the toilet to be honest that's yeah. what I thought yeah I thought I thought I thought he's or I thought he'd been told to like take Julie off or something like that they yeah. had on or something yeah but it but is a bit random now isn't it just, it's like it's like forgetting to put your boots on isn't it like oh no I knew I had something to do, do today <laughs> that is absolutely going to be nailed on on like soccer AM and all that stuff like the next like God knows how long isn't it just or like the too good too bad on match of the day or whatever yeah, yeah. but if you yeah. if you watch it back as well I think. Tom Davis and Mason Holgate are playing yeah, rock, paper, scissors yeah, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But you know though, who won that game? We don't know who won it. Well, yeah. depend, yeah. what, what, why were they playing rock, paper, scissors? I think it was who, who yeah. gets to wear Sadibi's coat because he obviously he took his coat off to come on as a sub. Because I think Tom Davies or whoever's sitting behind the, the other player yeah. puts it across his lap to keep him warm. So I think it was to whoever wins his coat, I think. Wow. Interesting. That's more interesting than the Sadibi sock drama. <laughs> Okay, so last point of the podcast then. Um, I feel like we've come a long, long way since Marco Silva's been sacked. It feels like we've almost gone through a whole season since Marco Silva's been sacked. Losing Actually, that derby mm-hmm. and Marco Silva, keep saying his name, but Silva getting sacked. Ferguson coming in and then Angelotti coming in. How are we where we are now? Mental, isn't it? Uh, like, the season was a write-off after the derby. Complete write-off. Yeah. It was, it was, where's the next win coming from? How are we going to survive? And here we are knocking on the door of fifth. Gutted, I, think, I, was gutted, I was gutted Sheffield United got, got won yesterday. Yeah. Never thought I'd say that. Well, I had a bet <laughs> on for them to win, so I went that gutted, to be honest. You know, and it, I, was, I, I was thinking about it as well, like, because I knew it was coming on here tonight, and I was thinking, thinking, if we win all our games, or we win, we're near perfect between now and the end of the season results-wise, we could push fourth. I think, I know Chelsea got a game in hand now, haven't we? But are we like six or five points off Champions League spot? I think it's five or six, isn't it? Shall I research it? We've got, to play, we've, got to, we've got to play them all. Well, that's the that's thing. Team. We've got to play all these teams who are above us. You know, and I mean, I think I think it is, although it's it's not as realistic as Europa League, is it? But, you know, it's... Uh, we're on 30, no, sorry. 36. 36 and Chelsea are on 41 so five points behind Chelsea got a game in hand and we play them we play them in March you 7th know, of March I think it is, isn't it so 
you know, bring it on. I, I find, I can't believe, I, I, I think it's testament to, to, to how poor teams have been in the league this year. But it benefits us because, you know, we're not just potentially going to get a top half finish here. We're going to end up in the European places, which is what we want. I think if you... And, sorry, go on. And I forgot what I was going to say. Now what were you going to... No, no, what I was going to say... Uh, realistically we can still get Champions League you know we're still in with the shout obviously Europa League's probably more realistic but if we're going to push for the Champions League we're going to need to go to teams like Arsenal and win aren't and we win. we can't even draw can we we've got to be oh that's, that's what I mean we've got to be near perfect yeah got to be near perfect and, and I mean many teams other than Liverpool have been that at all have yeah been, have you been know, that. yeah so it, it's a it's a massive long shot I'd love to see the odds on it hmm I think you're open, but I don't think at fifth, well, well, it's very attainable. Well, I think depending on the cups, whoever wins them doesn't. Does seventh, to get seventh, it? I think. Yeah, if the if is it if City win the Europa League? Uh, sorry, you win the League Cup, the League Cup, and then anyone can win the FA Cup at the minute. Yeah, I mean we're in pole position definitely for the Europa League because we're seventh. I know United and Wolves have got games in Amble. You know the likes of Arsenal again; they've got a game in Amble. The five. Points behind us. Arsenal five points behind us. They're on thirty-one. Yeah, even if Arsenal beats us, they, they won't go above us. Um, so, I think United. If we lose in United, win they'll go above us, won't they? But, but it is. It's, it's crazy, and th- it's this run of games. Sorry again to interrupt. But th- this next run of games now is where we'll pivot. It's make or break yeah. kind of thing. You'll know where we're at come the end of. Let's discount the derby. After Chelsea, Arsenal, and United are in a row, in a, in a row isn't it? Well, is it, yeah, is Arsenal, it is? it's Arsenal, isn't it? Which yeah. is that? Um, let's get the fixtures up because of I've, um, I lost them. Here. So it's Arsenal, then United on the first, yeah. Then Chelsea. So there's the next. There's the next three. You, we're gonna know where teams we're around yeah, us. Yeah, we're gonna know where we're at coming into them games. And if we're st- if we're above them or chasing Chelsea down, then it's game on, isn't it? Yeah. And there's more impetus then to go and win the derby and be perfect between now and the end of the season, results wise. And I mean, these are teams who are obviously in and around us who, you know, in years gone by have, you know, been world class, but these are not teams what no, they used I, to be. No, I'm not they? scared of playing Arsenal. I I'm would have been like, them. United at home as well. Ago, but, but I think, regardless of what happens in them games, to be where we are now after where we were, yeah. I mean, you, you've got to give massive credit to Carl Jotti, especially considering we haven't really signed anyone either. Yeah. He's took the players that we had and he's. All right, I wouldn't say he's made them all better, but he's definitely made Dominic Cavalloon a better player. I think Morgan Schneiderlin's probably playing the best he's played for us since Vastly improved. Richarlison's um, now one of the... Uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to go overboard, but he's working wonders, really, and he, to be honest, like like Rob said, we were we were scared of relegation at one point, and now we're talking about maybe getting in the Champions League. I don't think we're going to get in the Champions League, but, you know, it, it, I think, I don't know, we've lost one game in the league or... Since he, since he took off yeah. and that was against Man City you just cannot complain no one wants the players mate no one wants the players and that's and I think you've also got to give massive, massive credit to Duncan Ferguson oh, I was just going to say that he kicked yeah. it all off didn't he really yeah you know I, I hope I obviously I hope Carlo Ancelotti goes on to mega things with this club I hope you know we win all sorts with him and whatnot and I hope he is the, the you know the missing jigsaw piece that we've been after but for them three games Duncan Ferguson Gave us our pride back, didn't he? He gave us a pride back, but like, it's almost like he set the standard. Yeah, definitely. That Chelsea game, he set the standard yeah. for 
I think Ancelotti's he 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 sort of like he's made given the players the platform to perform. He's given them a formation that suits them. He's given them a game that plans to them. But Ferguson's got them or he got them working hard. Yeah, and that's the basis to win in any game is working harder than the other team. And and we've carried that on as well as having mm. you know a better formation, better tactics. You know, yeah. we attack a lot more than we used to. I touched on it. I touched on it a little bit earlier on as well. The biggest thing for me with Carlo Ancelotti is it, it's his pragmatism in game. It's not like he won't stick to like the same formation. If he sees a change that needs making, he'll make it to to try and give us the benefit of the doubt. The little tweaks I could pick four or five up between now. Between the start his first game against Burnley to to the game on uh, the game on Saturday, where he changed it around just that little bit just to give you that that competitive edge, and th- I think that's what it will be like between now and the end of the season with tangible ways of looking just of how we're going to play in the future until he gets whatever he wants in the summer or whoever he wants in the summer. And it'll slowly but surely just fit together, and it won't be, it won't, it won't necessarily be these dogged performances like they were on Saturday. They'll just be, yeah, we went out and we beat Crystal Palace comfortably. No, no ifs or buts kind of thing. But I think like every Premier League games like that, I know, I know we want to go out and control the game and and you know win win comfortably. But I watched the Sheffield United game um, on Sunday, and they literally play a diagonal, knock it down, and Norwood smacks it into the box and mm. they will scrap for it you know what I mean and Bournemouth just couldn't deal with it I mean don't get me wrong Sheffield United they didn't play them off the back but they deserve to win and you know teams can't deal with that and and we've got to go to Sheffield United and deal with that but so some in some games you can't go and you know go and control the game and, and just win comfortably the Premier League's not like that I'd love to see us do that and I think Rob Price think eventually we will but you've you've got to work with the tools you're giving them yet and that's exactly what he's doing and you know for as long as I've watched Everton, I don't think there's any games that we've, or very rarely we go and just for 90 minutes just absolutely batter the team we're playing no. and they don't have any chances. I mean, I think the only game that I can remember recently was Newcastle and we ended up drawing it 2-2. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's working with what he's got and I'm I'm like, I'm over the moon with what we've done, to be honest with you. Um, despite, you know, all right, some of the performances haven't, you know, set the world on fire, but I'm just... To be to even be talking about Europe at, the, at this stage of the season, I mean, it could all fall apart if we if we lose against these better teams. But to even have given us a chance of doing that, well, it's more than a fighting chance of qualifying for you know some sort of European competition next season. Which I believe, if we do get into Europe, whether it's Europa League or Champions League, you know, probably more likely Champions League, uh, Europa League. Sorry, you know, we'll have Carlo Ancelotti as your manager in Europe, yeah, and he will. Surely make that he knows his top to priority. Europe, exactly. exactly. And, he, and he, he's going to attract the players being Carlo Ancelotti, isn't he? And I, I liked what he said that he did an interview, didn't he, on Sun, Vitamin Sunday. And he says, we want to sign players who we want to turn into superstars. So he's going to buy players who are going to run through brick walls for him, basically. Yeah, he and doesn't it. want the players who are just coming for the for the money anymore, does he? He wants people who want to play for them and then mm. become better players. That's why I think it's been quite disgusting when, um, you know, he first came to the club and, you know, a lot of the media were saying, oh, Angelotti only comes to teams that are, you know, already set. He only needs a little bit of a tweak. You know, he's here ready to build Yeah, but I mean, team, he, he was going to big clubs because he was a big manager. He started off at 
Regina, uh, Regina and went to yeah. Palmer. Do you know what I mean? They, I mean, I, they weren't massive clubs. I know Palmer were decent. It's almost like he's, it's almost like he's at the reset button on his own career, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. He, he's more than capable of making players better, and, and you know, he just hasn't had to because he was a really good manager. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like saying to Pep Guardiola, go and manage. You know, Watford now he's going to go, well, no, because Bayern Munich want me Barcelona, want me Real Madrid. Why would I want to go and do that? Do you yeah. know what I mean? But uh, one of the biggest things for me as well is we're just, we're just making some of the, the, me, the, the mainstream media look absolutely stupid, aren't we, at the minute? And that's, I, I'm loving that. Yeah. Charlie Nicholas, his blood must boil every time he sees our... Um, he definitely hates everything. When he sees that... No, when he a see, lot of people did say when he signed for us... Um, he's not the right man for the job. He's not the right yeah, man. And look, look at look at look at David Moyes. He's won one game, and he for Arteta, Arteta, yeah, he you might know, you know might come good. Arsenal in the end, must but... be kicking themselves now, mustn't he? You know, because they they were interested in Ancelotti at first as well. You know, and and, and I'm just enjoying. I, I'm I'm enjoying almost like the hate coming from them because it's like the furious that we're doing well. Sam Allardyce sat there in the BT studio, must be absolutely furious. Well, did, he said, didn't he, when I was here, we'd be Crystal Palace 3-1 and the fans weren't singing my name and like, <laughs> yeah. don't be bitter, Sam, don't be bitter. <laughs> well, I think that's a good point, a good positive point to end the podcast on there. Obviously, great Everton win on Saturday, a little break, and then onwards to Arsenal next. So we, we won't talk too much about that. There'll be plenty of podcasts on the Royal Blue Channel preview in the Arsenal game. But lads, um, as I said, Good way to finish off the podcast, Rob. Thank you for coming in. No worries, mate. Gary, thank you for coming in. No worries. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.